0: Podcast. The podcast that definitely won't be trying to find the keywords that Livingston Football Club used in order to get some free Scud movies in their Twitter replies. I'm joined okay. today on Glasgow's Southside by two men from different ends of the Terrace podcast experience chart. First of all, we've got Scottish journalism's snappiest dresser, dresser Craig Cairns. Hello Craig. Hello. And at the other end, we've got Scottish football's biggest metal gear at Solid Enthusiast and one of the hardest workers in the Twitter biz. Stevie Down. Hello Stevie. Yeah. Hello. Magic! Uh, so, as it's a Monday podcast, as always, we will be reviewing the weekend's action um, and talking about uh, Kilmarnock-Aberdeen for the least amount of time, absolutely possible. So we'll kick off with the highest <laughs> scoring game of the weekend. Uh, we'll head for the Highlands as Livingston absolutely bodied Ross County 4-1. Goals from John Guthrie, Stephen Lawless, Lyndon Dykes and Jack Stobbs for Livingston and a uh, one consolation goal from Ross Stewart Livingston remain unbeaten in 8 games this season but is their first away game in 2019 after 364 days of getting bodied on the road that was
2: alright Holt said that they could have been better in the
0: final third which I thought was (laughs) pretty pretty funny
3: it's very half short when
0: you have
2: to
3: say
0: what I really enjoy about Gary Holt most of of all is that see if you watch every one of his post-match interviews he starts every answer like he's already giggling like, he knows a joke that nobody else gets. So it's like, I don't have any no idea what I'm doing this. <laughs> I'll do, I'll do this. <laughs> It'll be fine. It'll be fine. Exactly like that. But who could possibly have foreseen that a midfield with Mullen and Spittle-Wide and Chambers and Vigors in the middle would be completely overrun by Livingston's Keegan Jacobs, Barbara Bartley, and Scott Pittman.
3: You have to say, uh, I have, I mean, that Ross County, I mean, I've seen Harry Clark with a better defence than that I mean, <laughs> Ross County, you know what I mean? It was a disgrace. It was. I couldn't believe that some of the goals have seen. I think Joel uh, broke down. He did this thing on Twitter the day where he broke down like 12 separate tweets. On, it's a good thread, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. Unbelievable. I, I have never seen defending quite like that in some time. Absolutely. I mean the Scottish fat in it's hard, it's still
0: I've I've not seen defending like that since uh, we played Joe Charles at left back instead of in central midfield. <laughs> but do you it, know do you know when you play a pinball
2: machine and you shake it too much and it comes up tilt and it freezes everything so that the ball just runs down, and you can't do fuck all about it. That's yeah. what Ross County's defender was like. Man, except, it was, it was except tilt
0: for the entire first half. Except the ball had like seven Livingston players chasing after it as well to punt it down the wee hole at the bottom. So yeah. The pinball was... machines still exist. Sure. Is that a dated, a dated reference? i mean, every chance. I mean, there's no chance that anybody that listens to us is below the age of 25 anyway, so it'll probably be totally
3: fine. I'm thinking, I don't think I have seen it. I think they have one in Solid Rock, my town. But it's been, I mean, it's been about three or four years since I was last there. They may have to get rid of it. I don't know. I'm not going to go in just to investigate <laughs> and see I'm sorry. It's not going to happen, Craig. Um,
0: but yeah, Livingston are hugely impressive in the first half, um, as much as... Uh, Ross County were very, very poor over that period of time Ross County or, uh, Ross County very poor Livingston absolutely took their chances And looked very, very impressive going forward Aye,
2: I, I mean, they still they scored from The first three goals were from set pieces Which we know, Livy, that was their big strength last season But um, I watched the game today And even beyond that, they played a lot of good football They still want to get the ball forward as uh, Quickly uh, as they can But it's, it's targeted long balls They've got Dykes who's good at holding it up And they've got guys like Pittman buzzing around them That uh, both of those had uh, very good games, but not no they they played they played a lot of good football in that match and uh but that that fourth goal that they scored, which you have to say, uh, county ended the half with their only kind of good spell of the game, scored the goal, and then come out second half and you think, well we've got something to kind of to fight for here Dragon a wee bit of encouragement and then hmm. um the counter attack and the finish was just unbelievable i mean, I don't think we'll see a better goal this season to be honest uh, and again, in Scotland
0: again, as good as the goal it was that was from Ross county free kick at, get the, at that end of the party. Kettlewell, after the game, was saying at length that all the things that we've been praised for since we came back in the top flight, we did none of those things today, so it's a real wake-up call for them as well. I think as
3: well, a lot of people were saying with Livingston, um, maybe a lot of... I have seen people on Twitter saying they were favourites to go down, but I think with our second season, they've got more experience now, proved everybody wrong in their first season, and they didn't play like that team that were going to be favourites to go down, I thought they were really well, good.
0: And as you're saying, with, with, with Dykes up front, when... They started recruiting players at the end of last season. So at the start of this season, I think we all said it's either they're either going to work very very well or it's going to work very very poorly. And the recruitment might be very smart. It might be very targeted in terms of the players that they're bringing in. I think we discussed it a bit about how they were looking for. I think Livingston are more than anybody else in the league looking for players that will fit in a with a particular character within a squad. Yeah and within
2: a certain system he's had a system in mind and brought players in to do that like Dykes to play as the lone striker and Bartley to come in and screen the defence and add leadership qualities and um, Guthrie who he's brought in there to play centre half is another monster centre half and now they've got uh, another monster um, centre back pairing you know what I mean and Stobbs his goal as well that that was his first goal that was his first senior goal as well (laughs) and uh, he, he also got subbed on and subbed off in that game because he was puggled he's not played since February or Something like that So that's a decent way To announce yourself After all those
3: I, I know I'm only here Because Ewan Taylor Couldn't make it right He's <laughs> the, the big dog podcaster And that's fine Ewan I'm sorry But He did say today And he's amazing Simply the rest blog That Jack Stobbs, as good as the goal was, are we going to talk about that haircut? Because uh, it's, a, it's a shocker, isn't it? It looks like it's been done with a set square. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's, it's a, bad. Uh, it's, a, it's a weird fringe, isn't it? The rest yeah. of us alright. It see, looks all right for
2: the side so and for my, the back. The thing is, I'm
3: going for a transplant soon. That's a shoot. I actually am, right? But, so see if the guy turned around to me and went, look, that transplant's not going to happen for you. But I've got another option. You can go with that guy, Jack Stobbs, haircut. Or you can stay with the one you've got. An extreme pole, if you will. I would have to take my current haircut yeah, because that is
0: a shock. Go cut. straight for the Agassi <laughs> over the over the Square. Yes, excellent. But <laughs> I mean, obviously, 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 it is a it is a bit of a wake up call for us county as well. Right. And it was always going to happen at some point in the season. And. It all depends on how they bounce back from that just now as well. As I said, as I was being fairly facetious talking about their midfield, that is such a lightweight midfield, which I think all of us pinpoint... they have Draper,
2: and Draper will be in in the next game. I've I've got uh, no doubt about that. After that performance, Draper will come back in. Uh, I'm surprised that they haven't either either played Draper with those two or instead of one of those two already. Um, But I did say a couple of weeks ago that that's the part of the team, the, the centre of defence was the team, the part of the team, sorry, that I was most worried about. I just Last season it was um, their Achilles heel at times, even though they won the league, and uh, they, they haven't
0: really improved the centre of the uh, defence. They've lost Jamie Lindsay as well in there, who was, mm-hmm. well, he's not as uh, sort of a, a big, sort of strong boy as Ross Draper is. He had so much energy within that as well, and, in a way which Ian Weigels and Joe Chambers certainly do not. Um, so, yeah, but yeah, absolutely credit to, to Livingston for that. Um, so, we'll move on to the next game. Um, so, that will be Celtic 3, Hearts 1, with goals from Christoph Berra, Callum McGregor, Craig Halkett <laughs> for Celtic, and Connor Washington for Hearts. So, Stevie, does Celtic make any sense at all um, at this point of the season?
3: Well, I think when I did the Celtic preview with Craig Fowler, I did say that I am the type of Celtic fan that genuinely, if Neil Lennon was to play two at the back, for example, a lot of Celtic fans would naturally be up in arms and going, What's
1: oh, doing? what's this is shocking,
3: I want a move! And I'd be going, a Disney He could play ball and goalie at the back. We, you know what I mean, we are not in Alston, and, and I would still be very happy with our midfield and our attack. Because yeah. when you look at it, we've got the strongest midfield and the strongest attack in the league. We shouldn't really be concerned about a couple of dodgy players that we've got. Um, so that's the type of Celtic fan I am I've been very consistent with that as you yeah, know that when you read the blogs and that um, and when I saw the line up um, I was told beforehand that Fraser Forster would be starting and I said that to my Celtic group chat actually and people were <laughs> were going F- Foster's just getting rushed in against Hearts oh, I, d- I don't think you can beat it and I'm going what are heart's gonna do? What Hearts going to do what are they, they what are going to do now look Balaw Abdullah and Kafila Ahmed right the two Glasgow Airport Bombers, and they have a better record in Glasgow than Craig Levine. Let's no kid ourselves. So <laughs> right away with Craig Levine, I thought, this is a Craig Levine-Harts team. He's, they've not taken points. us. Um, it was Robbie Nielsen's last two points that well in 2015, September. And I just knew right away that it doesn't matter what team we put out, it was a win. And it was a straightforward one at that. How do you think Seth, they
2: played? I watched the game, and I, I actually didn't think that... Seth played with inner that well. No, yeah, we played with Innersells. There was a few um shaky moments defensively and I think that uh hearts just hearts just weren't good enough to capitalise yeah. on it. Hearts uh,
3: hearts uh, hearts do um what, Celtic played within their cell but they can afford to do it yeah. against that Hearts team. And I think you'll see a better Celtic performance next Sunday obviously. Yeah. Um there'll be more on the ball and they will make changes for that. But I don't think Celtic not had to be anywhere near the best, and that's a damn that's a big indictment on the state of that Hearts team. If I'm honest, that, that was the annoying
2: thing watching it from um, from a, from a Hearts supporter point of view was that Celtic didn't look that good, but we didn't lay a glove on you. Uh, other than the the penalty, which the game's mm-hmm. gone by then anyway, um, and yeah, I mean the the team that Hearts put out, it's not a bad team. There's good players in that, and uh, mm-hmm. Graham and I just recorded the Patreon before you came round, so. so guys want to go awake and hear me on an extended <laughs> rant about hearts. But uh yeah, I just think that I think that the product has to be better on the pitch for the squad that we've got and Levine's the common denominator there and has been for this entire calendar year and it's, it's just not good enough. It's not good enough going to Celtic Park and letting Celtic perform that poorly because there was times when the defence was all over the place when Forster was ru- rushing out his goal and chesting it and then getting tackled and then there was a bits Bitsman Julian carry- carrying his form over for the last couple of games
3: but Hurst did fuck all to lay a glove on Celtic. Yeah, you're right. and I think after seen Celtic Hearts games, it was always a tough game for us. We, I always used to say no, even at Celtic Park, games against Hearts were a struggle. You had to battle, you had to fight, and one thing I've noticed is Hearts in the last few years don't have any battlers or fighters now. They don't even make games hard for us anymore. It almost seems like, uh, I joked with Robert Boffey before, it's a natural three-pointer for us, especially at Time Castle, up until maybe you know, the last couple of seasons. there's been but, a
2: couple of times when Hearts just out of I, nowhere get a result. Yeah. But, um, yeah, yeah. in Glasgow, definitely. We, just, we don't yeah. do anything nah. at Ibrox
3: or Celtic Park, to be honest. And it's, I think, again, that's a mentality with Craig uh, Levine, and it's only really him that can change that. It's either he changes his tactics and his style, or he goes and Hearts gets somebody in to try and compete against that. So is it
0: just a, a little bit more on the, on the Celtic team as well. Is, is James Forrest playing on the, the left of Celtic's midfield? just to get out the way of Chris Ayer. Because if he gets in the way, he's just going to run right over the top I and mean, it's going to be that sort of rolling right. stone. When, two all, of when,
3: the always, when used to always swap the wingers around before and all that. But I have to say, I think, I think even Forrest down the left is fine. Ayer than the right, was he was fantastic for I us. No. Right. Every,
0: every time it, it's, but there's a
3: danger with that. There's a danger with expecting him just to yeah. naturally do that. And... Again, they disrespect, but bigger, bigger games. Yeah, and all again,
0: against Motherwell at work, against yeah. Hearts at work, against bigger games, Aye. it maybe becomes a bit of a challenge. But I've been so impressed out there. My my main concern with it is is how he's he's essentially messing with my brain, and that that's not what a right back looks like. Right. A right back does not look six foot two like Dolph Lundgren tearing tearing uh, both wingers and
3: defenders from Aye. the back. He's massively. He's really came on leaps and bounds for us. I mean, this guy was sixteen; he was a yeah. captain. And all that so he's always a natural football ability, but he's been great for us, and I think there's no surprise at Milan and all that we're looking at him. And I think he'll be with us for a couple more seasons, but he'll probably be our next player, I think I predict after McGregor to go for big, big money. Smashing.
0: Uh so we will head off to Lanarkshire now as Motherwell rolled into Hamilton um, and apparently took over the stadium, I believe. Um and thumped them three one with uh Achies with a, a consolation for Ross Cunningham. Uh, an own goal from Alex Gogic, uh, Liam Donnelly with seven and seven now, and Chris Long uh, as well for Motherwell as well. So it, it, I can't really decide whether or not I still have no idea whether Motherwell are any good or, <laughs> or rubbish. Um, by all accounts, they actually make it to, to Hamilton. Watched a good chunk of the game, and um, by all accounts, um, Hamilton were certainly from watching it as well. Hamilton was dreadful, absolutely dreadful in the way that they do and the, they go from game to game and look. You know that's a, that's a serviceable team. That's okay, but the back line of a couple of kids. Yeah,
2: another youngster brought in, wasn't it? Yes. Yeah. Stanger.
0: Yep. And uh, and again Hamilton the boy Jamie Hamilton as well, who got got himself put off for what was as stonewall apparently penalty and a stonewall a red card as you're ever likely to see um, as well. Which again I'll just uh, Brian, Brian Rice's comments on that I found a little bit odd, because um, Brian Rice feels that there's too many grey areas in the handball rule which while there have been changes in the handball laws, I'm fairly confident they stop in a goal-bound shot with your arm has always been a red card. Yeah, and especially if, especially
2: <laughs> if it's uh, stretched above your head. Yes. It hardly had two hands stretched above his head. What, what, What's he doing
0: there? Is no he idea. claiming something or...? Just or? daft. Just daft waving arms about in the way that he's he's entirely prone to doing.
3: Speaking of that red card though, what a tweet where your man shuts up a loser. Did you see it at the weekend? <laughs> Did you not see it? It was flying all <laughs> so, over Twitter. Okay, well... So that was, I, I
0: spent most of Saturday a slipping stand. So it's I probably see. not gone you,
3: you would have to just see the the boys three, but it was a peach because obviously Hamilton, Hamilton went down to ten men, but it came up in the BBC thing where Hamilton red card to which the boy quoted it saying, "Well, of course i are getting beat. The entire team gets sent off." Very good and very simple and effective. Very and as good. Far as I'm relieved, very very good. The bo- the big man, got the numbers in, so <laughs> fair play <laughs> to him. You have to say congratulations. And I thought that. as well, we mother was meant to be a big sickness bug like. They yeah. Made out as if it was a parasite infection or mother So I had to get that metal here. Just or <laughs> That's I you know. A couple of dodgy rolls and sausage. You know? That's the one.
0: That's the one. Uh, yeah. As it turns out, rumours of that sickness I were greatly exaggerated. Given yeah. that it's only saw of Richard Tate as far as I can tell, and that was pretty much it. I was going to ask you where Tate was because it's unlike him not to be in the uh, not to Poor, be in team. Poorly, not, to playing, not to be playing left back. Poorly, I believe, is is the, the long and the short of it. Um, but yeah, Liam Donnelly again seven and seven for him. Uh, him. Polworth and Campbell absolutely dominated the midfield in the game. Um, Campbell has, as far as I can tell, never had a, he has been up and down at times, but he's never had a bad game at Hamilton. He came into the team for his debut against Hamilton at age 16, I think, with Boots Blackland, and Lee Wilkie's soul uh, and turned up in that midfield and absolutely <laughs> chased everyone around that day. Then was out of the team for six months because Mark McGee, um, but he absolutely harried, chased like an absolute warrior across that midfield and it was against a, a ten men aki's full of kids, and maybe they deserve a little bit of credit for sort of standing up in a game which could have been very. It could have gone very badly for them. the first sort of twenty minutes, half an hour. Like we looked absolutely on top of them, similar to the the Celtic game as well. We was everywhere all over the park, and almost it, it, as soon as we conceded the penalty, you could see everyone got right. Let's not be daft here. Um, we're down to ten men, two one up. We'll get another chance throughout this game as well. But for us. I kind of feel it's it's the beginning of a without wanting to sound like a like coaching Twitter. It's kind of the start of a kind of start of a new cycle for Motherwell at the moment, and the reaction after the Hearts game. If you listen to the the, the Patreon, you'll find Craig and I talking a little bit about the reactions in social media and how people feel about that. But the reaction after the Hearts game, I felt was a little bit over the score, given that kind of regardless what happens in Scottish football, we should probably be getting beat by Hearts Well, Hearts are good bad and a different Hearts are a much bigger, much better off club with much generally both teams play to their potential Hearts should win the game Hearts should should win that game Um, we weren't great on the night which was the disappointment from that but with guys like Sadoff and Hilton you've brought them in from non-league or from youth football down south because they have a talent which we can mould over the past few years there's been a whole series of guys that we've brought up who have been on the scrap heap for whatever reason through injury or through just being out of favour the guys like Charlie Dunn who was out of picture at a crap Oldham team and has come up and been more, a, a reasonably consistent performer for us and we've made him a much better footballer over two years than he was to begin with so we're back to the start of that again we've got guys like Hilton, we've got guys like Sadoff, we've got guys at like Polworth who have performed at this level, we want to take them out a little bit further Tumble
3: will come back as well
0: Tumble will, well at some point perhaps yeah. maybe or I've I still no idea quite what will happen with that um but a whole series of guys in there. We've still got Casper Sloth to come in whenever he appears from wherever he is he's hiding. Um but is, do you think is is Robinson still searching for his best team, do you think? What Robinson's searching for is a number nine. Uh, we need like, long has long has looked very good and he's Good, he's goal. good goal, really he's nice really goal. goal. Yeah,
2: but he's not, he's, he's, I know he wears number nine on his back, but he, yeah. is, he isn't a number nine kind of target man, is he?
0: He's like a, He's, he's more like a
2: busy striker. A
0: he stretches the game really well and he runs the channels really well and makes a lot of like a lot of. He must be his, his fitness numbers must be incredible because the, the amount of ground that he covers over the course of games incredible. What we want is a number nine. We need a, a, a recognised centre forward along with St Johnston along with Colm like everybody wants that thing and I think it's essentially whoever ends up in the top six will be whoever signs Kyle Lafferty um, I think is the is, is the is the answer to that because one of them
3: Sam Ardine were... not maybe strongly
2: well, there's well. also at the weekend as well. They were talking. I'm sure on the radio they were saying that St Mirren there's some sort of mystery signing that they could make this weekend. Lafferty was the one that popped into my head. Yeah. I mean, he's got a sign for somebody. You know what I mean? I don't even know if he's, he's St. I'd be stunned
3: or... if he signed for somebody. Yeah, I
2: know, I know. But it depends on how much. Uh, I mean sometimes clubs can get a financial backer from somewhere to yeah, kind of subsidise something, or sometimes it depends how much uh, players willing to let his kind of wage demands drop
0: and that kind of thing. But yeah, or, it might be or how much you got paid off from Rangers as well. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm.
2: I'd be surprised as well, but it was it was just the first name that popped into my head without really doing yeah. anything. So, and,
0: as my calvis was on Instagram this morning with a picture of a plane saying New Challenge so again yeah. he could be back in the game as well but who I think whoever I think whoever the Lafferty ends up will be the will be the, the deciding factor for him. Whoever finishes the
2: top six out of those three at this moment in time. And Aki's, do you think? Um, do you think Aki's? They, they 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 got hammered in the first game. They then did what they always do and they beat Kilmarnock the <laughs> yeah. next week. But then they've, they've been pretty shit since. Do you think? Do you think this is this is going to be? I'm not going to even say anymore.
3: <laughs> this is I'm not going to say it because they constantly justify the odds and stay up. So I'm going to.
0: I just don't have much faith in
2: the manager this time.
3: And I, I, think, I was saying I this. I was saying this last season as well. For...
0: I know, I know, but it, 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 got, it was this state, when we were in the, the top line previously, year on year, was it this year? no, this year, and then the year that everyone assumed somebody else would go down, that's when they dropped out. This year, as the season started, St Mirren and Livingston, you looked at them and went, oh, I think they'll be the guys, I think Ackies will be fine. I think this year will be the year the Ackies drop out. I just, I can't see, they're relying on, at this moment in time, like a 17-year-old winger changing the game for them in the past a they've couple, had, yeah,
2: Cunningham and Smith seem to yeah. be who they're hanging their hat on just now Yeah. in the
0: past they've had somebody like Greg Docherty um, or Lewis Ferguson yeah. or James or obviously McCarthy before mm-hmm. that as well but they've always had like a central midfielder or Andrew who pro- provides that bit of quality Crawford's another one yeah. Crawford, just Central midfielders who just keep them moving throughout the game but McKinnon looked just miles off at the weekend as well they just don't have that they don't have that quality central midfielder and so if you're relying on particularly a young winger it's a guy who's going to have to learn his game and learn how to be the talisman for a team at a very, very young age. And again, he's looked great, but we saw last year with like Jake Hasty, for example, came into the team and nobody knew how to deal with him for three games. After three games, teams figured out if you double up on him, he's going to have to try and beat two players and he hasn't quite figured out how to do that. So unless Lewis Smith progresses incredibly quickly, I think they'll struggle. I, I think that's if it was, I think Aki's will go down. We'll stick, we'll stick to that in the meantime. All right. Uh, so we'll head to the capital again uh, with Hibernian two, St. Johnson two, Adam Jackson, whoever he is scoring for in Camberry <laughs> scoring for Hibbs as well, before Michael Halloran. And Jason Kerr with a late winner for Johnston in Edinburgh, which is uh, at Easter Road in the same spot that they seem to do just about once a
2: season. Oh yeah, that celebration. And my favourite one of them is when uh, Stevie McLean scores a late winner, I think, yep. and whips his top off. And then he actually ends up behind the mob that rushed to the front. Yeah, he's just he's, walking, he's,
0: walking like, <laughs> he's like in row DD or something yeah. like that. The big man. Um, so we, we've actually got a, a, a healthy amount of notes from Tony Anderson on this as well, but my so looking at it, my feeling is that Hibs are sort of very fluid in all the very wrong ways for it. And that they're just not the the team is not they don't know what they don't seem to know what their best eleven is, like you're saying about, about Robinson particularly, but for Hibs, even more so they don't really know where they want enemies to be. It doesn't seem
3: like a system with Hibs. It no. doesn't they do seem disjointed. Um their defenders seem like they're getting on. They don't what what they did that They played Scott Allen and the on, the, on the right, that's weird. Yeah. I mean, like, okay, I mean, he's the, been excellent this season as great. well. But Scott Allen thrives with having you know, midfielders there doing the dirty work. It's that he basically came in as like the big dog where you he had Heckenbottom saying it's like the Don Homer scene where he goes, You know, Scott Allen, I have baked a <laughs> special donut just for you. <laughs> now, that donut was definitely the donuts have dried up because if he's playing them in right mid, I mean, come on, that's you're not going to get the best at Scott Allen, and then he's going to get the best at all. It's, it's,
0: like. I mean, there's a whole pile of Evidence of Scott Allen turning up at teams being stuck on the right, being stuck somewhere else, just playing in the middle. Because every time he plays in the middle, the, he played when he eventually got a game for Dundee and eventually played through the middle, mm-hmm. he was terrific. He was and then immediately got punted back out again, <laughs> and ended up back at Hibbs when he was then put back in the middle. And that was when he's in his best run of form. It's a really simple thing to do. And
2: but even the season, even the season, yeah, absolutely. The, the little time that Heck and Bottoms had him. He's playing through the middle so far and he's he's been he's created, he's far yeah. away in the best place. He's been yeah. scoring goals and, and creating Yeah, even yeah, like everybody everybody came in their pants at that pass that he made in a six <laughs> one defeat. You know what I mean? He's been he's been the best part of their season <laughs> and he moves him out to the right wing. I don't know. I I just I just don't understand it. And the other okay. thing that Tony was saying is it seems like um, the way that Heckenbottom wants to set his team up is very rigid like he gives them yeah. a box that they're kind of not allowed Hams to go has out never of. been a
3: rigid team they've been quite free-flowing smooth football the it's the like... they oh, taught Brazil how
2: to play <laughs> it's <laughs> so a strange it's, one he's saying like um, uh, the likes of Lewis Stevenson and Gray one of their strengths is kind of getting up and down and he says that they barely go past the halfway line now and uh yeah, it just it just seems like quite a, quite a rigid formation. But particularly if
0: you're going to do that. If you're going to play Alan on the right wing, which, as we agree, is not the best thing to do, but if you're going to do that, you have to let Greg get outside him because mm-hmm. that, that takes the man away. That gives him the space that he wants to play in. Mm-hmm. So asking Alan to number one track Matty Kennedy, who's one of the best wingers in the league, um, without having Greg go past him, which then gives him no space to work in, and is asking him to do an awful lot more work physically than he needs to be doing... none of that makes it like one bit if if all of those work together and you figure figure out oh there's more space out on the right hand side because maybe Kennedy won't track back in and maybe Tanzer's a little bit more Mm -hmm. defensively suspect that might work but without Gray making that run without Gray making that space it's not going to work on without yeah. asking one of the central midfielders to come out and cover uh, well, that, that, go and
2: that, goes, that goes to what I, what I was about to say actually someone like Bartley I mean Bartley obviously wasn't great for the last season for Hibbs. he had his uses in certain matches yeah. like they'd bring him in for the big games with the derbies and, the, and he would be in his element in a derby in, in a battle basically but so it's not so much that they needed to keep a hold of Bartley, but they didn't really bring in anybody to replace, replace him. him. They yeah. don't have a, they don't really have a defensive midfielder. They have Vela, who they seem uh, want to play there, who who doesn't seem to be like that kind of player. So yeah, maybe that wouldn't have Bartley. Maybe wouldn't have uh, been any use for or changed the result against yeah. Johnston there. But he, he's a he's that they're missing yeah. Absolutely, but um, all credit to St Johnston. They've had a very poor start to the season, and that's two weeks in a row now they've been behind and come back. Obviously, they came back yep. from twice in this match, and they were two on down to Livy the week before. <laughs> two weeks it would have been because uh, yeah. it would have been the, the week off for the yeah. League Cup, and they've come back and and got a draw there. So, so fair play. Um, St Johnston have had a habit they've not always done it but there was a run of seasons where they had a habit of starting poorly and then, and then uh, eventually putting it together and I think they'll probably do the same again this season for,
0: for St Johnston fans as well this year is Tommy Wright I think we'll be on the third version of Tommy Wright because we had the, the kind of dull Tommy Wright then we had the really exciting Tommy Wright for a really short period of time then we had, went back to now, dull Tommy Wright now we've got the glasses wearing Tommy Tommy right. we've we now glasses glowing kisses glasses wearing that was a good part it was very good I mean, was it aimed at? everyone I still just don't know who it was aimed at the press the, one the, of the papers Hibs fans everybody just anybody that was there I if it the, was new Hibs, it. the new Hibs owner, maybe he was up there as well I wonder the, if it was the press box
3: Absolutely well, not. I guess he's been reading TJDS blog, it could have been, but I was not. Thomas, I wasn't at um, Easter Road, but I, I I constantly do berate St Johnston in my articles. I have an irrational <laughs> hatred of them. I'm very upfront and honest about it. I don't know what it is about them, they're just there. It's like a lot of people say Hamilton are that team. For me, St Johnston, but I do have to grudgingly say it was a good result for them there um, to salvage that because I thought St Johnston away against Hibs for the start they had. Mm-hmm. It's an automatic three points for Hibs, but no, they prove me Bottom has had a good results against teams like St
2: Johnston. It's it's um, the the teams that finished in the top six last season is who he struggled against. That he's barely got a win against. I think he's got a win against Hearts and maybe one other. And the win against Hearts barely counts. And it's just like When he first came in When he- when Heckenbottom first came in He had a run of games That mm-hmm. were like St Johnston, Hamilton and he- Dundee and you know, all that Yeah, yeah like he-, that. he won he- Or he was unbeaten In the first five Or something like that Or the only one he lost Was the cup game to The Celtic Celtic was Yeah, yeah So um But the league games I think he went five league games Unbeaten won four of them Or something like that That's off the top of my head Sorry But it was something along those lines And then he barely won a game In the top six And that That, that patterns continued And you can kind of understand the, the Hibs fans' frustration. We've not talked about his comments or anything yet, but you can kind of understand the Hibs fans' frustration when they see their best player put out onto the right um, and it not work, basically. And then they see him come off, and maybe they're not, as Tony said, maybe some people are not necessarily booing the fact that Alan's being substituted off after playing 120 minutes Yeah, uh, the previous game. Um, it's more that well you've just wasted an appearance because you've just played him on the right where he's not comfortable and both sports scene highlighted it and Tony pointed out the only two times that he actually did something was when he drifted into the centre himself and uh, made something happen
0: but Just as a, I'll just finish off what I said with Tony, Tony, uh, sorry, Tony Tommy Wright on his, his third generation of, of Tommy Wright and he's now I think it's with the glasses and he looks slightly more like a school teacher and he now trusts youth so we've got youth trusting Tommy Wright as well because you had obviously Clark's twenty seven, but then you've got Duffy, Kerr, Gordon, Tanzer, McCann, Kennedy, Kane, and Hendry, who are all twenty four or under as well. And then you're sprinkling in like O'Halloran, Davidson, Craig, Swanson, and that's it's a real change in the makeup of that St Johnston team as well. They started that process last season, didn't they? Yeah, yeah. just started, started dropping them in. But that's for what is the sort of accepted truth that St Johnston teams are old, aging, and stuffy they're not at all it's really not what they are at all you're still if I know go, anything
2: sti- that will be that trope will be repeated for yeah. years yes, exactly. beyond now, even though like in the, in the media it will be repeated for years and years yeah. with absolutely no evidence to back up because that, yeah. that is what happens once these things get you get labelled with one of these
0: things it sticks I'm saying this as a bitter big physical hearts fan <laughs> <laughs> but yeah I'm trying to change the narrative on this as well because it is a young St. John's they've still got Dre Wright to come back as well
2: and one of those players who uh, we spoke a couple of weeks ago about about uh, them still never replacing Chris Miller like yep. that kind of player and this Alistair McCann looks yep. like he could be the kind of ball playing centre midfielder that they've been the choice so the
0: fans talking about him as well particularly in his first game I think it was a in the first half just mm-hmm. in a shocker um, and Tommy Wright of all perhaps may have gone get the fuck I'm not, I'm not dealing with you but he obviously trusts him or apparently doesn't matter Great option in there, but he's given him the chance. And they were saying that I'd certainly look at the game, it looks like he's grown into the game an awful lot more in there as well. I'd also like just on the Scott Allen uh, shrewball, um, <laughs> Liam Craig's shrewball for the uh, O'Halloran goal was not quite obviously not as good because nothing's as good as Scott Allen shrewball. But the, the, the Liam Craig one for the for the Michael O'Halloran shot that uh, Ophel Marciano jumped into another postcode to avoid was a, <laughs> was a very, very reverse pass, was very, very <laughs> worth watching. So, we'll move on to another, the, the other of Sunday's games as uh, Borna Bear uh, grabbed uh, Rangers a one nothing victory in Paisley. So, Stevie, I presume you watched this? <laughs>
3: oh, yeah, you care it, so. <laughs> uh, I'm a Celtic fan, but yes, I watched <laughs> the Rangers game. Um, I did. It was dreadful. Yeah, there it was, was, not, a of, was a lot of quality. A, a lot of that... I don't know how many St Mirren fans you have listening to the show, right? <laughs> but... Submitting contributed to why that was a terrible game of football. Had they just went went for it against Rangers, it would have made for a more exciting game. Now I understand why... You they got had, annihilated yeah. though, do you not think? I, I understand why they played the way they did. I get it. Um, and I'm sure the fans would have rather seen one point instead of none. Yeah. But it was just a, a horribly stuffy game and conditions and the way that it was. It was... It was minging to watch. Um, some goal to say, although you have to say, what a free kick! It
2: yeah. looked like it was maybe going to be a bit more open. than it was, I think, in the first three minutes or something. Defoe had that chance, which I don't think he had. I don't think he knew how much time mm-hmm. and space no. he had there, and he just kind of, he just kind of hits it, it on the turn. He had to take that run the goalie. he, ah, he it, lashes it, that of on the turn. I thought
3: watching Rangers, the they did miss. Uh, <laughs> it was a, a physical battle with them. They were up against the mm-hmm. defence. Um, Defoe is a totally different striker than Morelos yeah. that was a game for Morelos to do his bulldozer it part it seems of. to be
2: at the moment and this might change next week actually but it seems to be at the moment that Morelos is his European striker and um mm. Is a domestic striker And you can't really argue When he's kind of Scored a hat-trick Against Hibbs When they're both Just firing It's worked yeah. up Until yeah. this point Yeah um, And obviously I know it was East Fife But he scored a very good goal Against East Fife as well The week before So when he has been Playing in the domestic matches He's been scoring And uh, Morelos Is just more suited To a lone striker role When it comes to The European games When you're not seeing As much of the ball And sometimes you have To just hit it direct To relieve pressure And that kind of thing But um, yeah I thought I thought it was going to be A bit more open Than it was but you're right, um, St. Mirren, St Mirren just sat in. The two centre-halves gobbled up everything. I thought Sean, McLaughlin I thought, was, I was excellent. Right
0: say, I, thought Sean, I thought McLaughlin was and absolutely terrific. both
2: for uh, Foley and Flynn in front of the, the
0: back four were, were, were very good as well. I've mean, yeah, i I've been hugely impressed with St Mirren. I'm, I'm sure I said it was the, the first sports scene of the season and the, the team graphic flashed up and I thought St Mirren were going to be in involved this season as soon as the team graphic they're not bad. <laughs> one, one eleven, and that team mm-hmm. looks like an entirely reasonable team. And this was, as 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 Goodwin said after the game, sort of the start of the season I've had of Hibs, Aberdeen, Rangers. Yeah. Three points out of that. Whether you're a good team, or a bad team, or a different team, that's a decent. They've return. not lost heavily. That's no, they've, been, they've, they've been twice. Yeah. They've been very. in, or they've been they've been competing in every one of the games. Levy Ross County Hamilton on the next three run of games is a, is a mm-hmm. much better judge in terms of yeah. how good bad again how much of a what kind of a season they're going to have
3: um, it's got to be forward. interesting because in the games they're going to have to come out and actually yeah, play to go for the win instead of yeah. stifling teams yep. yeah. so it'll be interesting to see how they are in a few weeks Aye, because
2: obviously what the, they haven't scored many goals in the league so far but you've listed the teams they've just played against so yeah the, uh, like you say, this will be a good test of yeah. where they are yeah. and what the likes of, whether Bika and Dermas and yeah. these guys can kind of start getting on the score sheet and create them
0: yeah, and again chuck in St Mirren probably in that pile with, with as I say Motherwell St Johnston and Kilmarnikov Possibly needing a, a a recognised centre forward. the because they the brought in and the Junior yeah, Morais. Morais, yeah. I, I no, have so no idea. I, why? I've seen a lot of people. The all in players called Junior. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care, I remember. I can, I can barely remember another Junior that played in Scottish football, but they all played for St. Mirren. Um, anything in the Hellander penalty claim? Uh, I think the analysis
2: on BT Sport was quite good. That. Um, I mean I maybe I don't think the referee sees this right enough. I bet mean, he's maybe got to the conclusion he's in the, got wrong, the right He's got the right answer the wrong, the wrong way, walking. but you can see yeah, it because knee hits uh or comes into contact with Helander's ankle and that, that makes Helander fall over. So I mean if that hadn't happened and Helander had just slipped, then yeah it's a penalty to St. Mirren but
3: uh Well Craig I'm just gonna count that and say <laughs> it's a logical conspiracy that's oh a big Masonic witch hunt against us. What was his name? And where was he
2: drinking
0: afterwards? <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> just just around all this,
0: <laughs> obviously, it's, it's a big week for Celtic and a big week for Rangers as well. Um, You'd imagine Celtic will see out the, the European tie. Oh, it's done. It's already yeah. in the bag. Rangers, what is a successful week for Rangers? Go out in Europe and beat Celtic? go through in Europe, lose the Celtic, or do the Celtic, the Rangers, I think Rangers fans,
3: will be looking at that, as if they want to be big dogs, they have to win both games, and I think a lot of Rangers fans will say that. Yeah, I think
2: especially after winning the, win the two games that I brought last season, is that correct? They yeah. did, yes, it was I comprehensive after, as well. After doing that, and then being, and being better on paper now, and starting this season better, I think, yeah, I agree with Stevie, that they'll be looking, Rangers fans will be wanting the Europa League group stage, and they'll be wanting to, Set a marker down uh, in the in the old firm next week, or the Glasgow derby. Sorry, Stevie, get my get my
3: jargon right when you're on. <laughs> I've just about to say, have a protest there and walk out this flat.
0: As long as it's that protest, then that's fine.
3: Um, uh, one game to go,
0: and as always, because it's nothing each. Come on, at nil, Aberdeen nil. just going to sleep in the couch, you know that. I'll see you a bit, Stevie. Right? we'll finish this and <laughs> we'll round this off. You? Um. Uh, are rumours of Alessio's demise over-egged? Uh, Craig Anderson again sent us through a whole collection of notes on this as well and certainly from from watching the highlights of the game, lo- looking at the game, Kilmarnock there was a lot of sort of chatter about the players didn't want to play for The players are playing for them. The players are being as professional as they can possibly be but they are a Kilmarnock team missing Jordan Jones, Yusuf Malumbu from mm-hmm. last year. Mm-hmm. I think if you drop either of those players into that Kilmarnock team just now they just seem a bit one-dimensional. There's not an awful lot there going forward. They look fine um, and, and sort of mm-hmm. grafting yeah. and workman like, but there's no real quality to turn the game in the midfield or somebody would beat somebody there. But
3: looks as if he's struggling up front yeah, he's as well. So
0: far, again,
3: there's just no one, no no yeah. one anywhere near him,
2: and there's no one to put pressure on him for his position no. either. That's mm-hmm. the, they're they're lacking a few a forward depth, options. Depth, yeah. definitely. Um, but I, I think At the same time I think they're not far away If they can make A couple of additions Before the transfer window They, they don't look far away From being A decent side They're not going to get Anywhere near Where they finished last season But I think um, I think Under any manager It would be difficult To, to replicate that To yeah. be honest Um and you talk about the, the players not playing for them. Gary Dicker was on Sports Sound, I think, last week. And he, I don't think he quite sounded as enthused as he could have about Alessio, but he didn't sound like he was. At the same he's time. He, yeah, he didn't sound like he was. Because he, mm-hmm. he hadn't played the previous match. And that, that, that I don't think that entered in his thinking. I don't think that made him. Uh, I don't think he didn't sound as enthused because he hadn't played in the, yeah. the previous game. I don't think it was anything to do with that. I just think he's probably thinking. Privately thinking, yes, things aren't quite as good as they were under Steve Clark, but it's still early that, days under a new for manager. Will, yeah, uh, you guys appreciate that for what it was. New country for Alessio, and all these kind of things as well. I just think that I, I, I always, I mean, I keep going back to this, but I think there's just a bit of xenophobia in places when it comes to foreign managers coming here. He's the only one from out with the British Isles and the entire 42 clubs and from the moment he came in the door, there's just been all this... Uh, negativity. Yeah, like, oh, is he going to have them trying to be... He's going to tear it all up and um, have them playing like after. AC Milan. He, he wants them to play like AC Milan, all this kind of stuff, before before his team had even kicked the ball. And yes, okay, they got off to a shocker, but still, Jim Goodwin takes over at, um, St. Mirren, and the... And the noises uh, from the same people are—you'll be know, you wanting to put his own stamp on the team. You know what I mean? I, I just—I just think there's um, people are too quick to jump down the throat of some foreign managers. Almost as if managers. people are still
3: having horror nightmares over Bertie Volkes, But then when you have the when you look back, <laughs> it a like playoff Stevie. I know, but no, no, I'm defending them. I'm defending them. But when you look back on it, Bertie Volks wasn't the big problem that no, people made out, Stevie. Not even close.
0: So yeah, um, I see. I see. Uh, plastic pitches have claimed another bit. Right. As this, well. is, this is
2: another thing I wanted to bring up. Um, <laughs> and you're,
0: and you're just, I can see
2: it. Well, no, there's, there's two two things. Not just the injuries. It wasn't even the injuries thing I wanted to bring up. So apparently, there's never a good game on a plastic pitch, right? Which I, I don't. I think is a myth. Um, and people are talking about how this game was terrible, and it was terrible because it was on a plastic pitch. Now Aberdeen. Well, I've got it here. I think Aberdeen have scored. Two goals in the last five. Kelly had scored two goals in the last five. They play out an nil nil, and it's the fucking pitch's fault. How Hamilton three, Rangers six last season
3: was a pitch on a plastic pitch. It's nonsense.
2: Uh, Hibs, did Hibs and Kelly not have like some crazy, yeah, yeah, yeah. crazy like three all or beyond that? Yeah, I mean to say, there's never been a good game on a plastic pitch. It's just utter fucking nonsense. And then. Um, apparently McKenna's injury was to do with it being overwatered. That's what McKenna's was saying. They said they soaked the shit out of it at half-time and he slipped. Did he tear his hamstring in the end? I can't remember.
0: I don't know. I presume if he'd torn his hamstring, he wouldn't have walked off. But anyway,
2: he did something to his hamstring anyway. And there was two injuries in the first half in and the County. Ross County game Robinson and Fontaine going off nobody talks about grass pitches uh, claiming another victim to quote one headline today um Arnold Doom done his Achilles uh, Up at dingwall so Berra, he, Berra he, was out so for you're four saying, months something
0: wrong with the pitch at dingwall yeah, probably that, that,
2: exactly i mean it's just as much We should just start a campaign against dingwall's grass pitch now because it's claiming as many victims as uh, plastic pitches um better was out for four months after um, uh, doing an injury on a hybrid pitch. Um, Tommy Hoban was out, ruled out for the rest of the season up at Pataudry last season. uh, And the evidence is inconclusive at this point,
3: whether plastic pitches cause more injuries than grass so I take it uh, the well rumours are true that you're going to be marketing manager for Power League next week <laughs> eh? yeah, I
2: think we've uh, we've proved as well I'm not behind that uh, Twitter account that's uh, currently trying to ban which we, the mention, which we will not mention not mention at all <laughs> we haven't uh, talked about
0: Aberdeen at all by the way but should we they were quite dull like, I, I, I don't they were as uninspiring as they have been in every other game I'll do for it's Kelly yes, hey,
3: for Kelly, they always seem to get turned over by Aberdeen oh, at rugby yep. park um, Aberdeen have a lot of joy there but for the highlights so Aberdeen were never in that game it was a yeah. an, an awfully brutal watch for a two minute highlight package <laughs>
0: Excellent, Zos Why not? Excellent <laughs> Thank you very much for listening, uh, apologies Aberdeen fans, it's not our fault, it's Derek McInnesy's fault, listen to the Patreon we'll, we'll discuss his uh, his views on social media as well um, We, as I said, the, the Patreon was recorded earlier on you can sign up to that uh, at patreon.com slash tennispodcast uh, the guys will be back on Thursday with another show. I believe there will be a, an extra Patreon uh, Dundee Derby special on Thursday night as well. As long as I can find a Dundee fan that will actually sit in a room with a Dundee United oh, fan, I think there's also a 2004-2005 season review from, from Joe and uh, yeah. Fowler coming out today as well. Uh, thank you very much, Craig, for for hosting today. You're welcome, Steve, And you, you want
3: to plug? If I could just say a few words, maybe a better public speaker. Yay! Nah, I don't. I just again, I want to just say. Ewan, I'm glad I could fill in for you because that would, he was obviously <laughs> the first choice. I'm just happy to be here. Do say
2: we're a Rangers podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere not...
3: down the line you've got
2: to pick one of them. It's like Elvis and the Beatles. You've got to pick either Rangers or something. He's Everybody's he's not, sequels. He's, he's not just anti-selectic, everybody
3: is. <laughs> no, um, Correct. sorry. Thanks a lot for having me on. Really appreciate it, guys. Thanks very much, Steve. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. Sports
1: Social Podcast Network.